know your ass better call somebody. Hey, hey, what do you say? It's time. It's time. Ball Junk episode 55. And I've got a feeling that there's a new year about to be upon us. Frankie, it's almost 2023. The ball is dropping. How excited are you? The ball is definitely dropping. I don't know if it's my age. I've probably never been less excited for a new year. Uh, It's things... 22 has been a pretty decent year. I have zero complaints. Uh, I've loved everything. The Bills and the the Pelicans are number one. Currently at the end of 22, I don't want that to change. And uh, I'm worried 2023 will bring too much change. We do not want change. I I understand that. You know, uh, 2022 was pretty amazing for me as well. I mean, the... The Bulldogs won the the OHL championship. I got to see that happen live. I met a nice woman. I'm in a great relationship. Uh, everything is uh, is on that part is great. The rest of my sports teams mostly huge disappointments. Actually, you know, you know what the the Orioles were very positive this year. That's true. They were they were not expected to be good, and uh, they were actually pretty competitive for most of the season. So I wouldn't. Uh, call so that's not too bad. The Dolphins like a huge disappointment. It's well lately. There's like a, a looming issue there, but I don't think it's. I mean, their team's pretty good, and they are in well, the playoffs as of right now, right? Right. We'll see if Teddy Bridgewater can uh, can bring them even closer to it. Now, have they? Are we going there already, or are we gonna? Well, I, I don't know. Like, what what else you got to say? Do we, like people people are getting excited for New Year's Eve. They want that ball to drop. They probably want us to get going. They want to get out there and celebrate. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I got I got Ubers to drive. I got people to pick up. So let's that's right. Let's get right it's to a, the sports. It's a huge, huge thing going on. So NFL, your Bills, probably the best team in the NFL. Do you think? I don't want to go that far. I will not go that far. I think they're very good. Still, lots of injuries. Offensive line, uh, Von Miller. So I'm a little, still a little hesitant to say that, but they are quite good. And at the very least, aside from a, a couple of games ago, Josh Allen has stopped fumbling as much, yep. kind of swapped that out for red zone interceptions. Uh, although the last two games, he wasn't too bad. So I am very cautiously optimistic about the Bills right now. I, I think uh, like the Bills and I think the Chiefs and I think the 49ers are, are the best three teams out there. I I just don't believe in the Eagles. I don't know why, but I just I'm don't. Um, I definitely don't believe in the Vikings. I also do not believe in the Vikings. And uh, like beyond that, I mean, you know, Cincinnati, I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled out some miracle wins. You know, they're, they've got a pretty good quarterback and some some other good players on the team. But other than that, uh, I think the, those top three teams are are the teams uh, to really watch. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I think Cincinnati could be good again. All of a sudden, people, it's all about the Chargers again. They're coming back. Got to talk about the Chargers all the time. I think they're trash. Whatever. Uh, not buying the Chargers. But last night was the first like day where there was football where I did not watch a minute. Any other time where there's a game on, I at least mm. watch part of the game. Last night, I, I, I didn't see any of the game last night either. I went to bed at like 
nine thirty, I think. And that's I unusual for you. It, it is. I've been just very sick and resting a lot. So uh, that was the first game I haven't watched. I loved. Oh, Christmas Eve having games all day. Christmas yeah. Day having games. It was the best. Although uh, the snowstorm, at least in Welland, you didn't really get much snow in St. Catharines, but in Welland it was terrible. I didn't. Even, there wasn't even a lot of snow in Fond Hill where yeah. I was for most of the holidays, which is like ten minutes from you. Yes. And we got about a foot or maybe a foot and a half, depending on where you are. So that impeded some of my football watching, but uh, feeling pretty, I was supposed to go to the game against the dolphins uh, and and we didn't go because they were warning again about a foot or two feet of snow that day. So we sold our tickets only to find out it was beautiful. And one of the best games ever. Yeah. Very upset. Yet uh, it really was one of the best games of the entire season. Yeah. And it'll be memorable with the snowballs and the refs saying they're going to uh, start issuing penalties. What a dud by the refs. Like they they can't do that. I think they can, but I mean, the point was made by many people. If I was a Dolphins fan, I'd just start throwing snowballs all the time. Yeah. Go, go out to the gift shop and buy a Cole Beasley Jersey. That's a, is probably still on sale and then get out there and start heaving. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. It was, it was a very memorable game. I'm pissed. I didn't go, but who knows? Maybe I'll be going to the super bowl. We'll see. Maybe where, where is the super bowl this year? Arizona. Oh, you love Arizona. I've yet to go to Arizona. I'm dying (laughs) to go. Absolutely dying to go. Where's, is the stadium actually in, Phoenix or is it I'm not sure? But yeah, but, so uh, football's great. So, Still love so football. Lots, Although it is getting I'm, to that point where the last two weeks I'm losing interest. It's like a, it's a, it's actually a welcome dip of a lack of interest now that everything's locked up. And then this week I I think my level of caring is as low as it's ever been. But then next week there will be like basically playoff games, teams playing to see who wins the division, yep. who gets in, and then it's a perfect ramp up into the playoffs. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be fantastic. Although, like, I gotta say, man, I, I'm not feeling that great about uh, about the Dolphins, and with uh, Tua suffering his third concussion this season that we know of. Who so knows? When that happened, I was shoveling snow at my yeah. grandmother, so I missed the end of the Green Bay Dolphins. Oh, okay. I had watched all of the game up until that point. And then I missed the end. So, like, was it another? Like, I didn't even see how he got pulled again. Um. Well, it's like they uh, they didn't really announce that he had a concussion until much later after the game. Like, like he didn't really. It didn't seem like he went into the concussion protocol right away. So it wasn't a play, like, a particular play during that game. Uh, not that I was. Uh, not that I could tell. But uh, he definitely had a concussion, and now there's an there's another investigation into what's going on like this uh this team is kind of falling apart they're one and four in their last five and uh i think i like with three concussions in one season even though he's been good this year i think they got to move on from tua you're out you think like for his safety or yeah yeah i just i i I don't like uh unless they can really really improve uh the old line in front of them like i would be 
nervous uh, if I was him every every play because I mean like concussions are pretty serious. I mean like it's it's not just you know uh, you know a, a headache like this could be a, like a lifetime of headaches. And I mean we've seen what happens to other players that suffer concussions that um, have no like real coping system. I mean look at poor Junior Seau and and things like that. I mean this is. You know, three in one season is a lot. And I really think for, for the team and for him, they got to move on. I don't know if Brady's going to be available. I don't know if Garoppolo is going to be available. I I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be available. I don't know. There's probably going to be some of Brady. And there was obviously the tampering thing and they were planning to send him to Miami anyway. So like there's, there's tons of stuff that could happen and maybe they just need Brady for one more. Maybe they need Brady for a season uh, before they can find a, a younger person to to come in. I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's amazing what people can find in the draft. I mean, look at Brock Purdy; he's he's doing okay. You know, he's played all right with a couple of games. I mean, yeah, he's he's got a really good team in front of him, but he hasn't done anything egregious out there. I agree. I expect that to change very soon. Well, sure. I mean, one it, it it probably will take you know a few games, and once they get into the playoffs, if he is still the one playing, you know, I mean, uh, they'll probably start to figure him out pretty quick. But uh, it would yeah. be amazing, like if he does well and makes it to the Super Bowl again. Again, looking back at the whole Trey Lance trade, yeah, like trading up and giving away those picks, like how good yeah. that would have been. What a disaster! Yeah, if I was a Forty ers fan, I'd be so pissed. Yeah. I, I I would I would be too. I mean, so yeah. I I don't know. I just like I'm super worried about uh, Tua. I mean, like they're they've now given up more points than they've scored. Yeah, I was looking at the the AFC East standings. They're the only team in the AFC East that's negative points minus. Yeah, you know, like the, they they gave that game away against Green Bay. I mean, yeah, the the three games that they lost previous were all against really good teams. Um, I don't think which is fine. Did. What was that? I don't think Green no. Bay. No, no, no. The three or... games previous to that were all really good teams. Uh, but, you know, they, yeah, they blew it with that Green Bay game. So I don't know. But I, I really think that they, they need to cut their losses with this guy. You know, I think if, if there wasn't the concussion problem, I mean, I think they'd probably be, you know, 11 and four right now. Yeah. Um, if if to had played the entire season without uh, any of the, the those types of injuries, uh, because he had been playing well, is he's been accurate. I know there's a lot of a lot of those uh, media pundits who keep talking about the almost interceptions he has, um, which is not a stat. <laughs> you know, it's like, true. That is true. So, but uh, yeah, Maybe you know, uh, Mike McDaniel's. What was that? What do you think about Mike McDaniels? I think he's a good coach. You know, I think he's got a good attitude for the young team. I think the players really like him, and I think they 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 want to play for him. Um, I watched but, a clip uh, before we started with him talking to Tua, saying like it was it was I wasn't sold on this guy, but I watched this clip and he seems pretty funny. And he was saying he had a dream and woke up and like Googled Tua videos. He was talking <laughs> to Tua and he said he was watching footage of you in high school. Man, your technique was horrible. <laughs> just shit talking. <laughs> it was it was pretty good. Maybe but like, uh, how do you feel about the Cowboys? Uh, I do not know what to make of the Cowboys. They the defense is good. 
they seem like dominant at times and awful at other times. And Dak, uh, I'm just not seeing the type of uh, performance from a quarterback I need to see with Dak. And uh, it's kind of weird. To me, their team falls on how explosive Pollard and to a lesser degree, Zeke Elliott are in a particular game. So I I don't know. I I don't, I wouldn't feel comfortable with them if I was a Cowboys fan. I, I, I wouldn't be upset either, but something, something's off. If, if uh, the highest point differential, no second highest next to the Bills, but they've blown out a couple of good teams as well, so it's weird. Yeah, that's true. The Dallas Philly um, game was really good though. But uh, you know, I've uh, I'm I'm pretty excited about the playoffs, and we'll see what happens. I mean, like if if Tua can come back and and play well, that'd be great. But man, like uh, I I don't want to see him get crunched again. Um, he doesn't he doesn't nearly run as much as he used to. You yeah. know, he's he's not he's not a slow guy. Yeah, he really doesn't run all that much. To no. What about who do you have winning the two South divisions? Uh, <laughs> well, um, I don't know. Like, I actually think it might be the Jags. Yeah, I think so too. Tennessee is in. I, this would have been a more interesting conversation before last night, but yeah, because I mean the Jags play Houston, and they'll probably be Houston, and then they play Tennessee. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the, I mean, Tennessee plays Dallas. No, they just played Dallas, right? Yeah, I think no matter what, that game is for the, the division. Yeah. The last loser, loser leaves town, right? Yep. I think, uh, I think Jacksonville will win, but is it in Tennessee or Jacksonville that last game? Uh, that last game is in Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah. Then Jacksonville. If it was in Tennessee, I'd say Tennessee. Um, uh, as far as the NFC South goes, God, I don't a, know. It's such a shit show. I mean, like uh, New Orleans plays Philly next, and then Carolina, which could decide uh, the division. The Panthers play the Bucks this weekend, so yeah. And, I, uh, I kind of think the Bucks are going to make the Super Bowl. Still, the Bucks are going to make the Super Bowl. I do. I think it's going to be. It might oh my be God. That is an ultra bold prediction. I don't know. They're so shitty. They're so bad. I just, <laughs> but the NFC is so bad as well. I could see it happening. Yeah. I mean, I could see them beating anybody. I don't, I don't know. San Fran and, and Philly, I still think are, are better teams than Tampa are, but. Oh, I do too. We'll see. In the playoffs, anything can happen. And that's true. It all depends if Brady is like, I don't know if his foot's half out the door already or where he's at. So, do you think he's gonna just make the drive uh, across the state and uh, head from Tampa to Miami for next season, or what? I do. Yeah, I really do. <laughs> I think it's almost set in stone. I don't know how I feel about that because he hasn't been great. Although, I mean, he w- he will have much better receivers in Miami. That's the whole point. Like that's those are yeah. Brady receivers. Like. Just open. Hill, Hill and Waddle. I mean, I'm I'm sure Brady's accuracy is still pretty good. Yeah, I think I think it's all but done. Oh my god, I don't know how I feel about that. That's super weird. We shall huh? see. We shall see. But uh, yeah, that's that's a lot, a lot of exciting stuff in the NFL. But I think we need to talk a little bit about the the NBA, bud, because uh, something is happening in the Western Conference right now that. Uh, you must be a little bit out of your mind about. 
I think I almost said it's ultra, an ultra bold prediction was that the Pelicans would win the West because I think you they, might have, they're very good. Uh, they've got a lot of like, if someone gets hurt, they've had injuries. They have like three really good players and a strong bench to kind of rotate around and fill in if someone gets hurt, which is crucial for the regular season. And honestly, their record should be better. They have blown games, uh, 20 point leads, although they've won some in overtime as well. But, uh, yeah, I am, I'm pretty happy. And I mean, obviously the thing you have to be most happy about as a Pelicans fan is Zion seems committed. He seems yeah. very spry and, uh, that makes me very happy. So pretty exciting stuff. And you could very well end up with a top five pick. That's true as well. I mean, it was last time we, chatted the lakers were an absolute disaster and they've gotten better i'm not surprised by that uh but still they're they're the they're still the sixth worst team i think the lakers although the, actually the davis injury changed everything so uh changes a lot because he's probably going to be out for a bit yeah he might not play again this season and then they might yeah. be trading westbrook so yeah. uh yeah it's it's pretty good not gonna lie i i'm just waiting Maybe when the clock strikes midnight tomorrow, that'll be the end of everything. Bills, Pelicans, 23 will be a shit show, and uh, I will be crushed. And the, the, the Warriors are coming on pretty strong, too. Uh, the teams that were started off hot are, st- are starting to shit the bed, like Portland. Well, I mean, the Warriors not, have won three not, in a row, I suppose. Not surprised. But just, you know, Pelicans are still only won four in a row. Yeah, and the one they lost, I think, was the twenty-point comeback by the the Suns uh, last week, which they shouldn't have done because they've kind of owned the Suns uh, this year. So I, I'm I'm loving it. No surprises. My uh, my preseason predictions have have not been great. Uh, I don't know. I what were yours? Well, I like I, I had the Bucks and the, I think I had the Bucks and the Warriors. The Warriors are barely in the play in round and the bucks are well i mean the bucks are three games back at the celtics but they're in third i was not aware that the nets had won 10 in a row mm. wow yeah i don't know it seems like it's starting to it always starts off weird and then things just shift in a line almost towards expectation so yeah, that's pretty much how i expected it to play out I guess Dallas is better than I thought they'd be, and Luca just had a a big night, but I still don't think they're any good. Uh, Luca did have a pretty good night. Yeah, so it was pretty impressive. But I mean, that's the, he has the ball constantly. Like he should be yeah. having those nights every night. They have no one else on their team. They're they're the worst. I hate Dallas. <laughs> I hate Luca. I hate Dallas. I want them to fail. Huh. Um, I'm I'm impressed that Utah has won as many games as they have. Yeah, although that's considering they, they traded all they their best the players three times. They've what? Beat the Pelicans three times. That must be two. disappointing. Yeah, like that's fucking disaster. So <laughs> I mean, but hey, man, even... you you've got uh, you've got two first place teams. Going into 2023. That's I don't pretty think amazing. Ever happened in my life. Well, congratulations. Thank you. It means absolutely nothing. I have nothing to do with it. And I, I when uh 
I know how you feel when the the uh, about our friendship when the Bills and Miami play, but do you feel the same when the Lakers and the Pelicans play? Absolutely, we are okay. once again mortal enemies. <laughs> also, now when the Blue Jays and Orioles play, we are mortal. Oh, enemies. I can't believe you've you've become a Blue Jays fan. That's super weird. Become a fan is a little light. <laughs> I, I wear their hat sometimes. You. You've jumped on that old bandwagon. I think it might be time to officially just, I've kind of done it with hockey already. Just cut right. it I think I'm almost there with baseball. Just oh, yeah. a little care. Don't have enough time. Especially if, uh, if the Pelicans draft Victor Wambanyama. Imagine. You'd be pretty excited about that. Oh my God. You have a league pass. So this football's wrapping up, hoping to watch more. NBA stuff. Well, for your sake, I hope the Lakers continue to lose because they're not going to be good enough to do anything anyway. You want the Lakers to win? You want to give away that pick to your mortal enemy? I, 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 I don't, I, I don't care enough. I think to consider you a mortal enemy over right. basketball. <laughs> but uh, let's get on to the big discussion that we're going to talk about today on the show. Um, on HBO, uh, there's a, a four part documentary on the life of Shaquille O'Neal. And, uh, we watched that. We're going to talk a little bit about that. What was that called? The title of the documentary is, isn't it just called Shaq? Shaq. Yes. Shaq. Um, first thing is that, uh, I really enjoyed the four titles of the episodes. Okay. I don't remember the first one. The second was the rise. The third was the fall. Yeah. And what was the fourth? The first episode was from Shaquille to Shaq. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like that. And then it was the rise, then the fall, and then from Shaq to Shaquille. Yeah, I guess I I liked the first two episodes. If anything, I felt like the fall was not enough of a discussion. A hundred percent. I I think uh they they spent so much like quality time on the on the first two episodes of all the best stuff, but uh, yeah, they, they definitely, uh, um, they shoved a lot of the fall into one episode. Yeah, I guess, uh, I mean, I love Shaq. I I think I've mentioned before I did my grade eight speech on Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Uh, So I was familiar with a lot of the origin stuff, but I don't know. I, I really like Shaq as a personality. I have to say, this doc, I never thought this would happen, made me appreciate Kobe a bit more. Oh, Shaq a little bit less because uh, I still like him a lot. But it, there's this weird kind of in the documentary, every time he would go to a new team or he'd decide, like, the best example of this is going to Miami. And when he goes to Miami, he says, okay, I'm going to make, he tells Dwayne Wade, this is your team. I'm just going to like, you're, you're the flash. You're, you're the, you're the star. I'm just here to make sure you're like the leader of the team. And it, and what was the other one about like coming to camp in shape and all that stuff. Everyone was telling him this stuff with the teams he was on. It felt like everyone was like, yeah, this is what you need to do. And he wouldn't do it. And then as long as he comes to that conclusion himself, then 
all of a sudden, right now, now, now we're great. Now we're good again, where I feel like there should be a little more ownership of like not listening to other people telling him the same stuff. Instead, he almost reframes it. Like it's him deciding this when people had been telling him these things forever, especially or Pat Riley, like no more commercials. Uh, was it Pat Riley or no, Phil Jackson? Like okay. well, they, they both told him that. Yeah, everyone told him what he needed to do. And then he takes credit for when he finally decided to do it, which seems like, again, this documentary, not surprisingly, falls into a bit of a, a, a puff piece type thing. And it really, I've forgotten about like some of the fights. Like I didn't know, like some of the punches he threw and stuff were pretty, uh, Oh yeah, I, I remember. I remember violent Shaq and, and yeah, that was. I did and, not. And a lot of that stuff in, uh, especially in, uh, you know, that stuff against the 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 Kings. But I don't. Uh, I didn't like the stuff that uh, from early in his career when he was in high school and 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 college and stuff. Like how they were like really fouling him, and uh, and he was he was wailing on people. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's uh, that's I I was had completely forgotten about that type of stuff, and also the I didn't know he almost got into a fight with Pat Riley. Like I don't know if that was like no, uh, I didn't. I was not aware of that either. I don't know if that's new information or not, but I do like. I mean, clearly the people they interview are on Shaq's side, especially Rick Fox. Like he, he yes, I'm always team Shaq all the time, which I I kind of like that, Uh, and it kind of shows almost accidentally like the 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 clickiness or factioning of like who is on Kobe's side and who is on uh Shaq's side when it came to that I mean I'd rather the whole documentary was dedicated to the Shaq and Kobe uh well yeah I I think if uh if Kobe was was still alive I think this would have been a five-part documentary where the first two episodes were all the way up to the trade and then his time with the Lakers would have been like a full-on episode I think the whole then, series could be about like both of them. Cause Kobe was like, there was rumors he was going to sign with the Clippers. There was yeah. all that stuff. And I like the, 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 I, uh, I guess I hadn't heard about something with Jerry bus where he wouldn't talk to Shaq and then he sat yeah. with Kobe. And then the next day, all the stuff got announced. So it's interesting hearing like the signs on uh, the writing on the wall and how they, how they perceive that stuff. But I really like the stuff with his mom and his dad. I thought that's the best stuff of the documentary. And like, yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed the. Uh, I, did, I did not know that he almost killed somebody uh, when he was uh, bef- when he was in high school. Yeah, I did not know that either. That's enough. Like, again, it, it it brings up all these things, but it it pushes them away really quickly. Where yeah. it almost makes me think, like, whoa, what what actually happened there? So I guess I give the documentary credit for. Uh, Going there to some degree, but not really digging into it at all would be. A- I, I also would have liked uh, a lot more time spent on like uh, his post NBA career, like the businesses and all that things that he's done, like the whole Papa John's thing would have been interesting. And um, uh, I like I, I how they how they touched on how he decided on whether he wanted to go to TNT or ESPN and how. Um, you know, TNT was like, we, we don't need you, but we want you. And where ESPN was very desperate to get him. And, um, I liked how I we kind of talked about that. I'm surprised Chuck wasn't in it, to be honest. That actually makes me yeah. like they're not because they did show the Chuck fight. Yeah. They're not that tight. And, uh, which is fine, but I, I just, 
there is a chemistry there. And uh, I think it would be, he felt like a, a missing presence in the dock. Uh, I thought Ernie uh, Johnson was pretty funny. Like, yeah, like it, he brought their like uh, camaraderie and chemistry into the dock a bit. So, I mean, it was good. It was an easy watch. Like the episodes aren't that long. I, I, I was like, do I want to watch this? And then I watched the first episode and uh, it was a pretty watchable, fun revisiting of his career, but not all that uh, informative or not that any, these sports docs ever are really. No, no. It's again, uh, it's a legacy piece more than anything. And uh, I, what you were just talking about late career stuff. I, you always hear about Shaq being very generous and like a, a good person, uh, which I like. Uh, I just wish there was more examples of that. Like, I think, uh, I think you could almost do a documentary just on that. And like, I had completely forgotten that he played for Phoenix and Boston and Cleveland. Oh, I, I had not forgotten that. I, I mean, because they were only like, they were one season and not even a full season. And he was injured through a lot of it. But uh, I and I I definitely didn't remember it being in succession, going from and one team to the other. A little more discussion or acknowledgement of the officiating in the Sacramento LA game and a couple right. other games that, like, oh yeah, we did it, we made it. Well, there's a little more than that if we go back to that game. Uh, Is it? Well, they did they did touch on that as well. No, not that much. But I I just I still wish there was more kobe shack stuff because that like yeah. the whole books written about that it's uh i didn't then i didn't know about kobe going after shack about his infidelities and yeah no like I, I didn't re- i didn't remember that happening as well so there's a lot more uh, to that story and i it's tough to do without kobe for sure but I, yeah i did not think my outcome of this documentary was going to be i will i thought the kobe feud was more about him wanting to be the star where the documentary makes it pretty clear that uh, it was more about like Shaq coming to camp in shape and ready to play. Uh, And that interview that, uh, that they quoted that Kobe did, I think it was with Jim gray yeah, where they, they just read the transcript of, of him just ripping into Shaq. Like that was amazing. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's just interesting that how you've, you know, your own thoughts shift your memory of what happened there and who you like more affects how you think about things. And I, I kind of, I appreciate that the doc put it forward in that manner. I don't know if I buy, like, I, I know Shaq at the end talks about ever since Kobe and his sister died, like him being in a different place. Like, I, I don't think the doc really addresses based on where they were how they patched that up. Like that, that seems cut. Cause, Cause they he, really did though. They did patch it up. I don't think they did. Like, well, they, I mean, I don't forget Kobe the was, rap. they don't get into the rap. Kobe well, no, they didn't, they didn't do the, 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 uh, the shack rap thing. Yeah. Like, and that was uh, much later after that too. So it's, that was after. Well, it was, yeah, it was after Miami. the Lakers lost to the Celtics in the finals. And then, then they won two more after that. Yeah. But, uh, but no, I, I like, um, Shaq, Shaq did bring Kobe onto his podcast once and they had a really good interview. And it, it, uh, it seemed that, uh, I, I think the patching up or the attempts to patch up was a lot more on Shaq's side because he 
consistently reached out to like Kobe's kids and, and, and stuff like that. And, and then, you know, and, and Kobe reached out to Shaq's kid and brought him out to, you know, uh, to do like a one-on-one training session with him and stuff like that. So I, I think as far as them being buds, uh, I don't know, but I, I think they, they you definitely respected I, each other. I think they came to the conclusion that they respected each other. Yeah. And that, uh, they're, you know, having that relationship, I think with each other, those families was, was probably pretty important to them as well. I just think the doc could have at least, yeah. uh, bridged the gap to that moment at the end of the documentary. Cause I was like, well, that, that doesn't really align with what I've seen in the, in this, uh, series so far, but I think those are my main thoughts. I don't, the the free throw shooting is a big deal. I like talking about his the coaches that gave him a chance when he was like awkward and uncoordinated and that the at the very end of the doc it goes back yeah. to the first coach. Uh, I think it was in Germany that tried to help him. So the one that got choked up in the interview? I think so, yeah. The, the yeah, and then uh they they talked a lot about his his feet. And, uh, like they, they kept showing, and like they obviously weren't his actual x-rays because his toes are, are super messed up. And they kept showing like x-rays of stuff that weren't his feet at all. Cause if, if you've seen what his feet look like, I have not, they I've are not. repulsive. Look it up like, right now. He has toes going in so many different directions because of his turf toe. We got a live I look. I mean, uh, I, my grandma's feet are way worse, but. It looked like a clenched fist. Yeah, they're yeah. Oh wait, okay. These are some more recent ones. Yeah, they're, they're, I don't know. I've seen worse feet, but they are pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that reminded me of one other thing. Oh, the foot surgery. Right. That, that was weird to me. Like, I don't think the doc was the actual accusation that he knew about the toe in the end of the season and just waited to even to get it looked at until right before the season started. It seemed to imply that, but I, yeah, the doc really doesn't go there and Shaq's pretty honest about other stuff, like shooting up uh, like painkillers and pushing through injuries and stuff like that. So uh, I'm surprised he didn't really own up about what the truth behind that was, but I, I guess the, inference you can make is that he's been honest about everything else so he was being honest about finding out about the toe injury right before the season or the foot injury pardon me but that 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 also was they spent well, a lot he, of time on they they did uh, again uh, read a transcript of something that he said to the media about um if he um if he got injured on lakers time then he should have the surgery on lakers time and that seemed to me that he waited Yes, I agree. So he could enjoy his summertime. But I, I, there was part of me that was like, he could have been even better. Yeah. He was amazing and certainly one of the most dominant players ever, but he could have been even better. And but, I, yeah, I, mean, what like, I loved about him when he played was like, he was a great passer too. Uh, like he wasn't, a lot of people would say, well, he just dunks and all this stuff, but he had other really fun elements to his game. So, I mean, I, I know he won a championship at 365 pounds. However, that is, that is a massive frame. Yeah. And uh, it, it was, it was fun revisiting his career for sure. Yeah. So and it was, it was a nice, easy, easy watch Four episodes. I think the longest one was an hour and the rest were 45 minutes. Yeah. 
So um, on HBO, uh, worth a watch if you're a basketball fan, if you're a Shaq fan. And if I like that, uh, it's basically R rated. Like there's lots like swearing, just kind of honest conversation, how these guys actually talk. I always like. I liked his bodyguard uncle too, Uncle Jerome. Jerome, yeah. Yeah. There are a few weird moments I'm forgetting where a lot of like, that feels like it's a bigger deal than the documentaries making it out to be. And uh, yeah, I can't remember them all in retrospect. Um, what did you think of? There were there were a couple of uh, I, I want to I don't know like directing choices and creative choices in the documentary that I thought were weird. Like there were, not really framing, but there were a couple of scenes where Shaq was like pulling on a massive lever and his chair would rotate, yeah. and they were they were doing some weird. I couldn't understand the significance of that. You know what? I had forgotten about that. It was. I think there was a theme because it happens a lot. And I think there was a connection when those things were happening. Did it have something to do with money? Um, no, I think it was like about transformation maybe, but the fact that we can't remember probably s- speaks to the fact that it wasn't that effective. No, no. And there were, there were a couple of times where like the screen would flash intermission, which yeah, I didn't quite understand. Midway was- during episode three, I think. Yeah. They did it twice. Yeah. And it seemed very bizarre. The intermission was very weird. You'd think the intermission would be between act two and act three. Yes. So I, I also, I, I, there was some weird uh, construction editing stuff going on there. And I wish they would have gone into the movie stuff more. Like they, they bring up the Kazam. Was Kazam. Good. Yeah. Uh, blue chips. Um, they also, they also didn't mention, I mean, they, they mentioned that he did a pro wrestling move, but they didn't mention his love of pro wrestling and how he's, you know, he's appeared uh, in a Royal Rumble, he's done some stuff with TNA, did some stuff with AEW. He's done stuff with a whole bunch of different professional wrestling organizations, but they didn't really touch on that at all. I didn't know about that, to be honest. Yeah. I, again, it feels like this could be longer. Yeah. Um, I, I felt that a lot of the stuff, a lot of the interviews with, with Phil Jackson were a little muted as well. Yeah. Um, and, and At the time, and- I remember Phil Jackson being really outspoken. Yeah, the the feud, and my memory is that he was on Shaq's side. Yes, but, he was one hundred percent on Team Shaq. Yeah, but now it almost seems like he's flipped too. Yeah, and uh, Jeannie. I mean, maybe Jeannie was always on the side that her dad was on the side, and and that you know, how uh, you know, like, uh, Jerry was like, you know, there's an offer on the table for Shaq. Um, we don't know what Phil wants to do. Um, but I believe Kobe will be a Laker for life. And all three of them didn't have contracts, but like that really spoke volumes. Yeah. I I'm assuming most of that comes down to uh, probably only dedication and conditioning. Yeah. Why you would make that decision. Uh, you know what else? Uh, the, the interviews with, with Penny, I thought were super interesting because Shaq kind of blames their breakup on Penny and Penny kind of blames their breakup on Shaq and Penny kind of seemed a little bit bitter. Yeah. Uh in his interviews as well. So I was I was kind of glad that he was he was pretty honest about it and you know he wasn't just uh they didn't just keep all the positive things he kept said about Shaq in there and that you know he talked about his his disappointment with Shaq leaving and how he left and all that and um and I guess yeah they uh, they had a bit of a a nasty little breakup too. Yeah, I have to say, a, a, a lingering thought leaving this is 
I think we've alluded to it this whole conversation, like Shaq's immaturity. Yeah. I think he is kind of immature. And that kind of leads to probably why he's such a fun and generous person, which is a good thing about him. So you got to take the good with the bad, but he he does seem kind of immature about stuff. And it's got to be like, everything's got to be on his terms. He does not really like listening to other people. It's, it's, it's a real shame that we never got like a last dance type uh documentary with, with just Kobe and Shaq and their time with the Lakers. Oh. Cause I think that would have been superb. I agree. Because I mean, like, like they definitely would have been honest about what had happened back then and how things played out. And uh I'm sure they could have figured out a way to make it a, a happy ending with a reunion with the two and some, some bullshit. But uh I think uh pulling up just tons of old interviews and media and stuff. Like I think that would have been tremendous. Tremendous television. 100%. And but, I uh, the book three ring circus. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't, read, I haven't, uh, I need uh, to read that book. Yeah. I haven't finished reading it yet. It was written by the same guy who did the, uh, it was Jeff Perlman's the author's yeah. name. He did the one that, uh, they based, uh, showtime, the show around. So, but yeah. So what do you, what, what do you, uh, what do you, what do you rank in, uh, what are you giving your, your rating for uh, two balls for, uh, a light one and a half? Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I'd say that's a, it's definitely like one and a half. I think they got some really good interviews with people. Um, I think they missed the ball uh, on a couple of things, but, uh, I, I did enjoy uh, all the stuff with his, uh, his mother and his family. I thought that yeah. stuff was really good. And, uh, they they talked to uh, Dennis Scott a lot. Yeah, they seemed like they were good. But I actually yeah. really liked. I know I mentioned it, but Rick Fox. Yeah, I thought he was really good in it as well. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen more. I want. I want I'd like to see like. Uh, I don't know. I may, maybe HBO should just release like some footage that people could just watch. You know, I'd like to see stuff like that. See some of the things that didn't make it because I bet there's a lot of good stuff in there that they ended up having to cut out. But yeah, uh, a light. One and a half balls uh, across the board. All right. So uh, here's something that we have not done in a very, very, very long time. It was brought to my attention from uh, one of our uh, listeners, Patrick, about uh, a sport that uh, would be suitable for balls around the world. We haven't done this in quite some time. And There's only uh, so many sports. like the- That's true. But uh, before today, Frank, had you ever heard of combat juggling? I had not heard of it. No. So this is also known as gladiator. It's a sport slash martial art. You could say two or more players can play and they each are juggling three clubs and they battle each other by knocking the, their opponent's clubs out of their hands and onto the ground without dropping their own clubs. You can hit clubs any way you want, but you can't hit the opposing player, which, you know, I kind of would prefer they'd be able to smack somebody with a with a with a bowling pin. Oh, I think that could, would be. Could you kick a club out if you could, like, yeah, raise your leg high enough? Yeah, you, you, you don't can... have to hit the club with a club. No, you yeah. can. You were you're able to uh, knock it uh, as long as you you can make them drop with that without actually hitting that person. Like you can faint and fake to make them flinch. I suppose you could do that as well. Hmm. Um. But yeah, so uh, once uh, a player drops, the other team gets a point, and then uh, if it's if it's just a bunch of people in a like a huge melee, the last person standing wins. But there's also teams. There's group combat. Um, 
but yeah, like competition, it's mostly uh, moderately popular in Europe, in the United States. Um, there is a, a an international competition league, the European Juggling Convention Fight Night. Like this is a huge thing that they have every year. Um, and uh, there is there is an unofficial world ranking. Obviously, it's unofficial because this isn't really a recognized sport. Um, and currently, the number one ranked combat juggler is from the Netherlands. Is his and his name is Boz. Vander Kirkhoff. Congratulations, boss. And he, I, I, uh, I'm watching. He's definitely Dutch. It. It's uh, it's interesting. I'm I'm kind of curious, like how you. It seems like every time they're about to hit, they kind of suspend their juggling. How that rule is, is judged that you're continually juggling, but uh, like they stop. Like they basically, I guess one has to be in the air. Would be my guess. Uh, when you go to attack someone else, yes, I think so. That looks pretty good. I'll never watch it again, but I'm glad no. I know about it. Do you think that we could compete? Certainly not. Can you juggle? No, no. I like barely. I think you get like one or two cycles, but that's about it. Can you? I can juggle. You're a juggler. Yeah. Just, just like uh, juggling balls or apples or something. I've, I've never tried bowling pins or like chainsaws or things like that. I would say you'd probably have to uh, be pretty good before you step into the chainsaw juggling. I agree. Seems dangerous. Yeah, there you go. It's a good little ball. Uh, balls around the world. Another, another sport that uh, we will not pay any further attention to because it is bonkers. All right, let's get into a little sack time. We got a couple of questions. If you ever wanted to uh, reach out with any question or comment, you can uh, send it to balljumpodcast at gmail.com. You can uh, follow us on Twitter, balljumpodcast, or you can send it to me, the gas man lives. Frank is not on social media, so you can't contact him anyway. You can open your door and yell. Maybe he'll hear you, but probably not. You can always give that a try. Uh, all right. So the first one comes from Tim and, uh, he says, Frank, according to D'Angelo Russell, Zion Williams is playing football, not basketball. Is this true? And what does that really even mean? It's Williamson, uh, and he's playing basketball. At a what did I say? I th- Williams. I didn't know if they wrote it that way. No, or- no. They they said they wrote Williamson. I just brought okay, it. Okay, okay. Just- Sorry. That's Apology. Okay. No big deal. I just, look, they were bringing some heat on Zion, so I got to defend yeah. everything. Well, Angel Russell is. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, I wasn't sure if anyway. Yeah. He is uh let's compare stats, shall we? No, oh, sure. How many touchdowns does uh Williamson have? <laughs> <laughs> let's see here. Zion is twenty five point eight points per game. Yep. Pretty good. Yeah. Sounds great. 4.7 assists, 7 rebounds, 1.2 steals. Pretty good. Yeah, not too bad at all. Are we going to compare D'Angelo Russell now? Yes. Uh Uh-oh. Now, was he saying it in in like a a good way or a bad way? Um, I think he just wanted your your comment. Oh, Oh. did Russell say that? I feel that that's got a negative tone to it. Like he's not actually playing the sport he's supposed to be playing, 
maybe he's being a little too physical as they're trying to get across. Yeah, fair enough. The uh, He's got 16 points per game, I think with the same amount of minutes, almost identical as Zion, three rebounds and six assists. So, yeah, I, and I think the the Timberwolves are like one of the most disappointing teams in the NBA. Very disappointing. This year. So, yeah, okay. Whatever. Russell. Um, second part to Tim's question is towards me. He said, LeBron recently deleted a tweet from this past April in which he said that he would not miss the playoffs again in his career. He deleted a tweet? <laughs> which, first of all, it's insane to go back and delete something like that. Like, yeah, of course, you, you're going to say that you're going to do everything you possibly can to not miss the playoffs. And, you know, they uh, they didn't exactly give him a quality team, and he's going to miss the playoffs again this year, more than likely. Um, I don't, like, yes, does this mean he's given up on the season? I don't think LeBron ever really gives up, but uh, uh, I think it is pretty hilarious that he deleted that tweet. My hot take is going to be that, he deleted it, and he will not miss the playoffs again for the rest of his career. He incorrectly you think gonna, deleted it. You think they're going to get to the plan and actually? Yes. Well, is, if getting to the plan, does that count as making the playoffs? No. No. So you have to be top eight. I think so. Yeah. Okay. And you think they will be? Yep. And they could potentially play the Pelicans first round. That's true. How would you feel about that? Not good. <laughs> <laughs> not good at all. Really bad. Oh, that would be a joyous 2023, wouldn't oh, it? Oh, that would be a week and a half of being absolute mortal enemies. <laughs> what if the Dolphins do end up playing the, the Bills in the playoffs? I don't want to think about it. Okay. All right. Wouldn't be good. Because they could that could be the two seven game potentially. Could be. Yep. Yeah. Let's not think about it. Okay. All right. We also got one from uh, uh, Grant Radke. Um, if given the option, would you guys ever watch sports games on television without the commentary? So just like the sounds of the game in the crowd, like if you were attending a live game, but actually watch it on television. No. Uh, I think it might be kind of cool thoughts. Um, I guess it all depends on the sport for me. Like I've gone to, like you know, I'm, I've gone to many live professional wrestling events in my life and it is not that exciting without the commentary. Yeah. I think this has happened accidentally a few times where there was technical difficulties with the broadcasting team. So I'd be watching something and it was just the audio and I didn't dislike it, but even in a live situation, you're surrounded by people saying stupid stuff or you're making jokes with people that you're at the game with. So there's like some entertainment value. Uh, it's just not enough with the sounds of the game on its own. I, I think I think football would be the 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 one that I would like to watch the least without commentary, uh, just because there's so many different rules and so many things that are happening at the same time. Like with basketball and hockey, you know, it's up one way up the other and you can you know when there's a whistle blown for the most part you can tell why there's a whistle blown you can figure it out there's only 10 players out on the court at one time and you're they're really only following where the ball is and you know baseball is super easy to watch without play-by-play but i think football um 
Like I could never watch a football game on a television. Uh, just hearing the the sounds of the game in the crowd, like being at the game, it's a different experience because it's live. But yeah, without commentary, no, no football. For, I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, I, I like the thought, but I just don't think in practice it would be that good. Thanks for your questions, um, fans. I guess listeners. Yeah, anytime you want to send us a question, balljunkpodcast, gmail.com. We'll do our best to answer it. Uh, balljunkpodcast on Twitter. Gasman lives on Twitter. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, we're just about done with the show, Frank. Are, are you ready to uh, get the gas pedal? Always. We are uh, We're getting close to midnight, man. It is almost 2023. A brand new year is almost here. We've each got a huge bottle of champagne. We're going to we're gonna I've pop them. Zero sugar A and W root beer, ready to go. Oh, you are ahead of me. I do have some eggnog, although not the best choice when uh, doing something where I have to speak a lot, because that uh, that does coat that throat, and is uh, it is not good to do before you get onto a microphone. That's my oh, that uh, throat. That's right. That's the T-shirt. If we ever have ball junk T-shirts, that could be a T-shirt. <laughs> All right. So uh, thanks for listening uh, all year. This is episode 55. We'll be back in a brand new 2023 for episode 56. Um, Either Frank will be super happy or Frank will be super sad when we come back with our next episode. You're going to be what? Post game reactions at could be could be post game reactions from the Super Bowl. Live in it from Arizona, live from St. Catharines, and we'll put it together. And again, it could be Frank screaming joy or screaming rage. Either way, it could be very, very entertaining. So thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to subscribe and download wherever you get your favorite podcasts, Apple, Google, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Leave us a five-star review. It really helps uh, with the positive reviews. Frank. Are you ready? Yes. All right, here we go. Victor Wembanyama won the MVP of the French League All-Star Game. Do you think he'll become a very valuable NBA player? Yes. Dozens of NFL players have millions of bonuses on the line over the next couple of weeks. Should players play for their money or should they play for the wins? The money. Buddy, Toronto Maple Leafs have lost four straight to the lowly Arizona Coyotes. You could go and celebrate in Arizona with the Coyotes. Is this a bad omen for the Leafs in 2023? No. Yankees outfielder Aaron Judge was named AP Male Athlete of the Year over Shohei Otani and Steph Curry. Was he the right choice? No. More awards. The Canadian men's soccer team was named CP Team of the Year over the men's Davis Cup team and the women's national hockey team. Right choice? Absolutely not. 11 players were suspended after the Magic and Pistons had a minor scuffle. Will any brawl be as big as the Malice in the Palace? Yes. Uh, Bucks backup quarterback Blaine Gabbert helped rescue four people after a helicopter crash in Tampa. Is he the real hero that the Bucks need? No. No. And Friday Night Combat released its 2022 rankings for combat juggling. Are you happy with the number one? And who is it? Hint, I said his name earlier in the show. Baz something uh, from the Netherlands. Vanish. 
Stilkenberg or something like that. You know what? I'm going to give it to you. It's Baz Vanderkirkhoff, and I appreciate you remembering the Baz part because really, that's what he goes by. Everybody knows Baz if you're into the combat juggling scene. Thanks for listening to the show. We'll see you in 2023 for episode 56. Tell your pops and your mama, the shack is the man, period. 